Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to sing your praises. Lord, in the midst of busyness and craziness, help us find your joy. Help us find the joy of our salvation. Lord, direct our paths that we make the important things important and the things that aren't not. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, we're reminded that David, in the midst of Psalm 51, was having a rough day. He was embarrassed. He was frustrated and sorrowful. A guilty sinner. No leg to stand on. Struggling to figure out how he could go that that far down that fast. A man after God's own heart with moral failure. And Lord, in the midst of that, he's trying to sort out and come to terms with the fact that he's in the midst of all that. And he's reminded, and, and Lord, we're reminded today of important, important pieces of our own salvation, our own faith, that we need to be cognizant of. And so, Lord, as we read this this morning, I pray that you would help us to understand David's plight, to recognize our part, part in that, Lord, and, and the part that we, uh, we too have been uh, in David's shoes in some ways. Open our ears and our hearts. Help us to find the joy of our salvation. In your name we pray. Amen. So We're not going to start at the beginning, but you know the song, Psalm 51. Uh, it starts with, have mercy on me. Um, we sing it a lot of times for communion. This is a little bit further into the psalm. But all that being said, it's, it's David drowning his sorrows in his embarrassment. Verse 7 is where we're going to start. 7 to 15. It says, Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a pure heart, God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are Savior or God my Savior. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. 
Open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. May God add his blessing as we continue singing this morning. Lord, thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, even in the midst of uh, dark and hard times, that we can have joy. That our joy is not a part of the circumstances of life, but rather our salvation, our hope in eternity. Or may we recognize that in this morning's passage. That in the midst of hard times, David shares, and we too can live our lives in a reflection of eternity. Thank you for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, and if you're a kid, you may run. And if you think I'm a bad parent slash grandparent, that's okay. I don't really... What I have learned, I just want to. I just want to explain myself why I tell kids to run. I know, and I know it's not probably the right thing, but isn't kids running in church just a little bit of humanity? Isn't that just the joy of life? Isn't that what the world understanding that that kids are going to run? And if you can't run in church, where can you run? Sure, can't run in school. They yell at you there. Good morning. Oh man, I don't know if you saw the theme. Yeah, I'm the guy that picks out the songs. So don't be, but someone once said to Mark, I really like the songs you picked out. And, and I give him absolute credit. He said, not me. <laughs> and today you heard, not me. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about joy. I went on vacation. Uh, well, I've been back for a week. It doesn't feel like a week. It feels like a year. Uh, I, I, I said to Jen this week, and I think I need a vacation. <laughs> uh, but I went on vacation. My wife and I went on vacation for 12 days. I cannot tell you the last time we've done anything together um, for 12 days, like away. That, that was really... Uh, I, I actually, when I, before I went, I thought, I'm not sure I can do this. I left my computer at home, all of my responsibility, my phone was still on me, but um, had I been able to sort out a way to not have it on there, I would have probably figured that out. Um, but when I went on vacation, I had really one goal. Well, I wanted to enjoy time with my wife. I wanted to see some really cool things. Um, but spiritually, I had a goal. And my goal was this. I, I couldn't help get Psalm 51 out of my head. I couldn't help get verse, I think it's 12, out of my mind. It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And in the process of vacation, I knew I knew I was tired. I knew I was worn. I could feel that. You know how you can feel when you're just like, you're grinding, and you know you're going to make it, but you're grinding. And so my goal was not to read a chapter a day I, that's a, or a book a day. My goal was to figure out the joy of my salvation. Did I lose my salvation? Absolutely not. Did I lose some of the joy that was in that salvation? I think sometimes... 
due to busyness and tiredness and wore outness. Yeah, that's a word. I made it up this morning. <laughs> right? During those times of being pushed and pulled in all different directions and just being, just working and, and, and even doing God's work. And maybe because of doing God's work, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, sometimes we just get wore out. And sometimes we allow the distractions of this world to take our joy. Right? It doesn't, we don't lose our joy, it just maybe becomes second or third or fourth in line. In some ways, it's almost martyrdom, right? I'll suffer for someone else. But that's not what God has for us, and that's not what he wants for us. And that's not, and I think all too often in our Christian faith, and one of the struggles I have, and it really makes me crazy, is when people act like that because they have Christian faith that life has to be twice as hard. Life is going to be hard, right? <laughs> right? Our hope in our faith is not um, what happens just today, but our hope in our faith is eternity as well, right? When we step from this place into the arms of Jesus, there will be pure joy. But that doesn't mean we can't have some joy while we're here, that we can't walk through every day, get up in the morning, find, yeah, there are going to be tough days, there are going to be hard times, but can't, can we find that joy of our salvation? Think about that. We were train wrecked. We were in a bad spot. Jesus came along and saved us. He took us out of the things we were in. He removed us from hopelessness. He took us to a spot where we haven't been before. He put us number one. Are we putting him in first place? How do we find out how to restore the joy? The joy in our salvation. Because all too often, we get hung up in the things of this world. I was thinking about Brentley's flat tire. Sometimes that really frustrates you, right? You got to be somewhere. You're driving somewhere and all of a sudden, psh, uh, and nowadays, of course, they have nice flashing lights that tell you, hey, dummy, your light, your tire's. That's, that's because way too many people drove for 20 miles on their rim, you know, and it's on fire and they don't even know. So they put a sensor in there to help us out. Brian knows he's seen a few of those tires. I've seen a few of those tires. How do we keep the joy? And, and here's the question. The question that I have for you this morning. And there are probably more questions in this sermon than answers. But I want you to think about this. Have I lost my joy? Have I lost the joy of my salvation? Have I lost the joy of life? I spent the week with a three and a half year old. That's joy. Right? I, I have a recommendation. Don't have kids. Have grandkids. They're way better. <laughs> Way better. Not even, it's not even close, kids. 
It's not even close. I learned this week you can have ice cream whenever you want it. (laughs) 9.30 at night? Why wouldn't we? This week was loaded with joy. My granddaughter was home for eight days. I got a few pictures. I'll I'll show you a couple, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I want to ask you this question. Have, Have you lost the joy of your salvation? Has the Christian faith become a grind? Because if it has, we're missing something. I was talking about the mission trip, uh, upcoming mission trip. We're going to Western Kentucky, and there are two spots, one male, one female left. I'm trying to finish those up. Um, So if if God's calling you uh, to be involved in that trip, there are seven of us that are set up, and two more, we need two more to fill the the spot, but they're going to go quick. Uh, So if you're called to that, um, don't ignore God's uh, nudging on your heart. But in the midst of that, I ca- all I could think of when I first was setting that up was, oh, it's Labor Day weekend, and that would be an extra day to get all the things I need to get done. And it became quickly this, and I'll be away from a week, for a week, and there'll be all kinds of extra things that are going to happen while I'm gone. And, and, and I'm, I'm starting down this litany of all these things. I just got off a of vacation, and I'm thinking, oh, I can't take another week off. It'll kill me. And then I was like, wait a minute, time out. I'm out. If God wants you there, and God has a plan for Western Kentucky with a group of people serving Him, you better figure out where the joy is in that opportunity. And you better figure it out quickly. Well, thankfully, I think my wife's going, so that'll make it better. I like her, so that'll be cool. <laughs> I'm not sure she likes me, but that doesn't, doesn't really matter to me. But I wonder how often we're, we're almost afraid of, of having joy. Like if, if I enjoy something, if I have joy, if it feels good and I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place, am I just waiting for the other shoe to drop? Am I just waiting for something bad to happen? Will Satan see that and say, ha ha, right? Because we know the scripture, it says, the thief comes to steal and destroy and But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. I believe that God wants us to have joy. Now, joy is not always happiness, right? We can have joy in dark times, in hard times. We can have joy when things aren't going well. We can know that God is on our side and in our uh, on dealing with us even when things aren't going well. And this morning's passage is all about that. It's David wallowing in a lot of ways, wallowing in his sorrow, um, and I don't say that lightly, dealing with the repercussions of infidelity and a child out of wedlock and, and killing a man to try to clear, to clear himself, right? To, to try to make things right. And in the midst of that, a man by the name of Nathan comes to him and reminds him that he has sinned. Now, mind you, remember who David is. He's the king. And in a lot of, a lot of those, those king mindsets, they were almost gods themselves. 
right? They, they really believed that, um, that they were pretty special people and that they were above the law, hence the, probably the reason that uh, David did what he did. But he's coming to terms with that. The fact that I really messed this up to the point where in the, in the Scripture he says, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He's asking God, and I believe in a very serious way, asking God, don't take my salvation. I've really messed it up. Please don't take away my faith. That's what I deserve. Please don't take it away. And in, in the midst of that, David, he's, he's struggling, struggling to put life together. How do I come to terms with murder? How do I come to terms with infidelity? How do I come to terms with a child? All things I can't walk away from. I can't just quickly forget. People know. And how do I find joy in all those hard things? The first thing so we need to open our ears. We need to hear joy. He says, let me hear the joy and gladness. Let the bones that have been broken rejoice. Let me hear joy. Let me hear the joy that's around me. One of the things I've recognized in my own life is I choose to hear what I want to. Right? We have... My wife says it's selective hearing. We all have selective hearing, right? We all choose what we want. We all choose to hear either the good or the bad. We make decisions all the time about will we hear how God is working? Will we hear how the world is messed up? Will we hear um, other people nagging about something? What will we hear? We choose the yellow door, the red door, or the blue door. We make choices every day. We choose to hear God working in our midst and recognize it. Or we just throw it off as coincidence. Right? Just happened to work out. We choose to hear the praise of Liz and Larry's daughter, who again has a position. Right? You know my favorite part, and I know this is probably not their favorite part, but God has supplied Lindsay's needs. Right? Um, right? That's the part I like. She didn't get a 10-year contract job. Now, I, I'm sure she'd probably rather have that, right? Oh, did she? Nice. That's awesome. We've been praying for years. Years about, about Lindsay's position. Do we want to hear that God was working in that? Or do we want to just believe it was a coincidence? Are we willing to step back and, and listen when God speaks? So this is Lumina. She's growing up. There's one thing that um, really hit me this week. When I wasn't listening, she would, she would quietly say, Papa. And if I didn't respond, I, I would say, yes, dear, or yes, Lumina. If I didn't, she would wait. 
And when she'd say, Papa, she never responded until I, I heard her and I responded to her. And when I responded to her, she would then tell me, one day, oh, I just need to let you know that one day we had lava in our living room and we had to get lava boots. Did, didn't even know it was a thing. She's over on the other chair. She said, Papa, I'll throw you the lava boots. <laughs> ah, sweet. I can walk on the lava now. So we got it cleaned up, though. It's all good. Parsonage looks fine. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> Three and a half year olds can teach a whole lot. This was, this was 9.30 at night, chocolate ice cream. <laughs> right? Chocolate ice cream. It's like the best thing ever. She's like, Papa, do you think we can have ice cream? Eh, I'm like, hmm, ask your mother, right? <laughs> I am not getting in the middle of this one. I am still. Not a problem. Her mom let her have it. So we ate ice cream at 9.30 at night. M&M chocolate cookies. It was the best. But I couldn't help but see how, as a, she listens so well, and she waits so much. And I, I do, by the way, have the smartest grandchild. I just need to let you know that. <laughs> My wife says, anyway. But the reality is, we have the opportunity to hear God, right? We can, we can either be listening for God or listening for the world. We can be listening to our own minds or be listening for God? Are you willing to hear God out? Because my sense is this, when we aren't listening for God, we're hearing all the things of the world, and it becomes noise. And all that noise gets in the way. It gets in the way of our relationship with God. It, it gets in the way of, of allowing ourselves to recognize that God is still in control. Just like when Lumina says, Papa, if I don't respond, she says, Papa. She keeps saying it. I believe God's like, Dan, you know, hello. You know, he's, he's the same way. Verse 10 talks us about a pure, a pure heart, a clean heart. It says, create in me a clean heart, God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. I wonder how often we actually start the day with a clean heart. How often do you begin the day with a clean slate ready to go? How often do you wake up ready to take on the day with a clean slate? Or are we doing what most of us do, which is waking up with all of yesterday's garbage piled on our hearts. I'm wondering how often we do that, and myself included. Am I willing to let go of yesterday's problems? Am I willing to, to, to forget about that stuff that's behind me and move forward? Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to, you know, we always, there's a great line, right? Just give it to God. Ta-da. Right? But the reality is, are we willing to give it to God before we start the day and start with a clean slate? 
Are you willing to clean up your heart? If there are issues that you have with your wife, if there are issues you have with your kids or your job or whatever it is, are you willing to put those aside, to ask for forgiveness? Not talk about asking for forgiveness, but asking for forgiveness and moving forward. Starting the day with a clean slate. Created me a clean heart, God. That means we ask God to take away those things that get in between Him and I. That means I get rid of the worries of yesterday. The anxiety that takes over. Let's quit kidding ourselves. We allow that stuff to ride inside, to, to weigh on our hearts, and we wonder why we don't have uh, right relationship with God. There's a verse in uh, Philippians chapter 3, and it's Paul. And if you understand where Paul's coming from, it makes a whole lot more sense. This is Paul who killed people for their faith. This is Paul who was standing there holding the cloaks of those who stoned Stephen to death. This was the Paul who knew the right from wrong, who went out and got uh, papers to put Christians in jail. This is the Paul who went after people for what they believed. This is the Paul who said, this is the one thing I do. Forgetting the things behind me and reaching forward to the things that are in front of me, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Are you willing to let go of the past stuff and let God work in the present? Paul's standing, that's what Paul is saying. By the way, Paul's in jail at this moment, writing this. Um, his perspective means a lot more to me in sitting in jail where he could have been complaining <laughs> about being stuck. He says, you know what? I forget about the past. I forget about all those things I did. I, I, I let go of all that stuff that I like getting away of my relationship with Christ. I let go of all that guilt and shame. I let go of that anxiety. All those things I let get in the way. And I press on towards the goal. Creating me a clean heart, a new heart. Open the door. Wash it white as snow. Remember, David, when he's writing this, is dealing with so much struggle. So much sin in his face. He's dealing with I'm sure, but broke, things that broke his heart. He says, my bones are crushed. And then he goes on in verse 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation and, and give, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Restore. Restoration, right? I have a, I have a buddy on Facebook who's been restoring a truck, and it's probably been about two years. And every week we get a new part. <laughs> every week we get a new, uh, a couple weeks ago it was the seat rails, you know. 
just had these powder coated. And he's got a, every picture has a before and afterward. And you see this old crusty looking rusty piece of what looks like garbage, scrap metal, right? And then the next week you see this powder coated. It's beautiful. It's perfect. And I can't wait to see when the truck is done. But it's been a, a to say the least, a project. And he's, and he's been uh, chronicling that on uh, Facebook. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Bring that salvation joy back to me. That feeling, that sense that God is in control. That God is still working. That God cares and loves, for, loves me so. Nehemiah tells us, Go and enjoy choice fruit and sweet drinks. Send someone and send some to those who have nothing. The day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That is our strength in our faith. Finding joy in the hard times is our strength. Living joy is our strength. When other people see your faith, what do they see? Wallowing Christians? Or joyful followers of Jesus Christ? What do you want them to see? If that's what you want them to see, then you need to work on it. We need to open our ears and wash our hearts and begin to enjoy our salvation for what it's worth. All the things of this earth will pass away. All the things in this earth that we think might bring us joy will be gone. Someone really smart once said, the only thing we take to heaven with us are the souls of those who we lead to Christ, who we share Christ with on this earth. Nothing else will get to heaven. It'll all burn. Why is it so hard for us to enjoy our salvation? Jesus died for our salvation. He came and he lived the perfect life. He died for that. He rose again so that we might be together. That is the joy. Not just for eternity, not just for when we die, but rather from the moment we have given our lives to Jesus, there is joy to be had in our salvation. Have you lost your joy? The challenge for you, the challenge for me, myself, personally, is to call upon God and ask for him to restore the joy of my salvation. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord, that even in the, the hard times when things are challenging in life, that we can call upon you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that makes all the difference in eternity. Lord, give us the joy of our salvation. Lord, as we dig deep and begin to understand the value of that salvation, 
draw us close to you. Open our ears to hear joy. Open our hearts to recognize joy, to enjoy the things you have put in front of us. In your name we pray. Amen.